Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And today, we're going to take a a walk down a, a lane of creepiness, a lane of mysteries, a lane of cryptids. Right. What, what are you what are you guys thinking? <laughs> Very slow with delivery. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we talk about cryptids a lot um, and. This was one that we had talked about doing a very, very, very long time ago, and uh, now we have the opportunity to do so. Roger? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Y'all be quiet over here. What are your thoughts on cryptids? <laughs> I mean, I think some of them are real. Uh, okay. I mean, we have found some, so, you know. Right? Well... There are a number of reality shows where groups of scientists and those who simply are interested in this subject search for evidence of well-known cryptids such as Bigfoot and the Yeti. The Yeti! Shows like Expedition Bigfoot and Paranormal Caught on Camera. <laughs> no, he didn't. I did. Sorry. <laughs> uh, shows like Expedition Bigfoot. Man. Man, man, man. <laughs> uh, So, shows like Expedition Bigfoot and Paranormal Caught on Camera from the Travel Channel show videos where people have caught Bigfoot, the Yeti, the Rake, and other relatively well-known cryptids on camera. But did you know that there are dozens upon dozens of unknown cryptids out there? Today, we're going to talk about a few cryptids that maybe you've never heard of before. Uh, you want to kick us off, Talon? I show enough will, and we're going to kick things off with the Big Muddy Monster. So, the first documented sighting of the Big Muddy Monster was on June 25th in 1973 in Murfreesboro, Illinois. The couple parked a couple parked in a car by the Riverside Park boat dock that was next to the woods got a big surprise when they heard a very loud scream. A creature came out of the woods towards the driver's side of the car. They described it as an off-white color, and its fur appeared to be matted with river mud. Excuse me. It was about seven feet tall and was walking upright on two legs. They were unable to see its face, however. They took off and went directly into the police station to file a report. Even the fact that the couple were each married somewhat oh hold on let me let me start that sentence over again even the fact <laughs> that the couple were each married someone else did not stop them from making the report there were multiple other sightings in 1973 including one by a mrs um nadre green Nedra. there you go who claimed she could hear the creature screaming at night in the woods outside her farm other sightings was by a four-year-old boy named Christian Burrell, who was trying to catch fireflies in his backyard when he came running inside to tell his father that a big that there was a big ghost outside. The local police chief took the report so seriously that he that he brought in tracking dogs to investigate. Interesting. So a okay. big old mud monster coming out of the river on uh, Riverside Park. Have you guys? Uh, okay, so yeah. I've I've never heard of it, but uh, after like reading about it, does this not kind of remind you of like Swamp Thing? I'm pretty sure that's where the inspiration came from. <laughs> yeah, Wait, what, what you started a creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, what did you say, Chip? Because I didn't hear uh, right. You guys were kind of talking about. Oh, I, I I said, did this not remind you of Swamp Thing? Oh yeah, Swamp Thing definitely, <laughs> and the Toxic Avengers. <laughs> the old cartoons y'all kids don't know shit about that but anyway uh yeah it does remind me a little bit of the swamp thing um you know c- coming up from the murky muddy waters and being seven foot tall and walking on the hind legs and yeah um but the fact that was, that, that multiple people have had this sighting um i mean if, if it was like a one-off instance where one person said hey i seen this and like all right go you know 
take your pills. Um, but then, you know, a, a, and then another woman on the farm sees it, and then a four-year-old boy sees it. Um, yeah, it kind of it kind of lends itself a little bit more toward maybe a little bit of credibility, but maybe not as much. Um, Roger, what are you thinking? I mean, I, I agree that it sounds just like the Swamp Thing, or, yeah, Swamp Thing, or the Creature from the Black Lagoon. I mean... This one, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, could it have been Bigfoot walking out of the water? I mean, I mean who could knows? Have, could have been a bear coming out of the water. A big ass seven foot tall grizzly bear that got right. rolled over in the mud. I mean, it's that's very possible. Um, the 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 picture that they use here is very um. CGI looking doesn't really look that realistic, um, but you know, pretty sure it's the is the swamp uh, thing from the show. Possibly, it definitely looks like it. Yeah, possibly. All right. So with that being said, let's move on to the very next one. Uh, which one do you guys want to take this next one? Uh, go ahead, Raj. All right. So the next one is the Goat Man. Goat Man. Goat Man. There are many stories about how the goat man from Prince George's County, Maryland, came to be. Uh, One of the most popular is that he is a goat herder that lost his mind when teenagers murdered his goats, which actually I have heard that one. Um, Another story is that he is similar to Bigfoot, but he just looks like a goat. Kind of (laughs) dumb. I'm sorry, that just sounds out. Another story, and one that is the most fantastical, if you think about it, is the goat man is a genetic mistake made by scientists from the U.S. Department of Agricultural Research Center in Beltsville, Maryland. That's a mouth worthy. What is that? U.S. Yeah. Dark. I guess that would be, huh? The yeah. Dark. Yeah. U.S. Dark. Yeah. Dark. Uh, the story goes. The story goes that scientists was trying to cross the DNA of a goat with his lab assistant William Lotsford. It said that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it just it said that William is now a mutant. I can't believe that's actually a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. Why do we get the ones that just don't like? <laughs> All right, but uh, it said that William is now a mutant and out to get revenge. Um, the goat man has been known to chase people, decapitate dogs, and terrify lovers who make the mistake of parking on Fletchtown Road. His home turf. Teens who make the mistake of going in Flitchtown Road looking for the Goatman have the misfortune to see him do not go back. If that's true, how would people know about him? Right. Not only that, if he's out for revenge, why is he only hanging out in this one area? And only going after teenagers. What the hell them poor dogs <laughs> ever do to you, man? <laughs> Decapitated dog? <laughs> He probably eats them. Probably. I mean, he's got to eat sometime. Yeah, but dog? Well, you you can't really be picky at that situation. (laughs) He's not like he can go to Whole Foods or something. (laughs) Walking the damn damn goat man walking through Whole Foods or something. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Goat man walking in looking for some damn kale or some shit. I like the scent of lavender. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, I I was kind of digging this, you know, about it, you know, being a, a scientist who tried to cross the DNA of a goat in his lab assistants until they was <laughs> like, yeah, well, now he's a mutant. Yeah, and I was like, man, this man ain't no X-Man. <laughs> right? <laughs> goat man. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus. And I love the picture of it this dude has like a giraffe neck and uh no no i'm looking at it that's what i'm laughing his neck is is extra long uh this is literally something like you would see somebody make a depict a depiction of the devil yeah (laughs) and this would be it definitely looks like beelzebub yeah yeah it looks like one of those really crappy found footage films and they don't have the budget for like good CGI or something, so they buy a cre- like a crappy costume. 
and they put like a goat mask on some dude and then just like shoot it really really grainy and dark so you can't really see him right right but yeah <laughs> well I can come up with some doozies alright so let's see let's move on to the next one Chip you got the next one uh, I do uh, <laughs> next up we're going to talk about the Fresno Nightcrawlers uh so the first time anyone caught the Fresno Nightcrawlers on video was in 2007. So, you know, fairly recent. Um, a resident uh, of Fresno, California, hence the name, found footage on his home surveillance camera of a Nightcrawler walking bold as you please across his front yard. Now, hold on. First of all, a Nightcrawler? I, I, I don't know what their definition of a Nightcrawler is, but... My definition is like it's them worms that you go fishing yeah, it's a with. Bigger, it's a bigger worm. Yeah. Okay. Just just making sure. Um, <clears throat> the nightcrawler on the video appears humanoid with two long legs, no arms, and a small head with two eyes. Uh, the nightcrawlers have also been observed on security tapes in Yosemite National Park. There is evidence among native legends and in wooden carvings made by the local Native Americans that indicate the Fresno Nightcrawlers are very real. Local Native legends from the Fresno area indicate that these beings have always been here, even prior to humans existing. And the reason they have long legs is that they live in swamp world and the long legs help them to move through boggy and swampy areas. Another native story about the Fresno Nightcrawlers is that they are showing up now because they want to help humans reconnect with nature. So, <laughs> uh, so is Fresno a swampland now? Uh, I don't I think don't it think is. Not. But <laughs> I've never heard of it as a swampland. Yosemite, Yosemite a swampland? I is Yosemite in in Fresno? I thought Yosemite was out in like no. Wyoming or some shit. It, it, well, I think it is. Uh, it yeah, is out. Um, so I, there there's a video of this. If you guys watch this video, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It literally, I, and I'll link the video in the description, of course. Um. But it's it's so bad. It literally looks like just a person who, like, in like maybe, a weird like a weird morph suit. Yeah, just you know, walking. Maybe they took, uh, uh, for lack of better imagery, they took a a white sheet and like sewed it together to where their arms and legs were both in the same like sleeve or whatnot. <laughs> they just. Yeah. They just Wow. They really look like creepers from Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it look it's so it's so bad. Like it looks like somebody had a security footage video and then somebody had a green screen and walked across with his like friend goofing off and they're like, oh well, let's make this into this thing and Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this, video, this video is so bad. Like like that's one like videos like this make me be like, yo, none of this is real. Like how y'all exactly. believe exactly. Like, uh, uh, and I I'm you know I'm on the same side as Roger where I do believe that some of the cryptids that have been talked about over the years are real, but not these ones. Not not this one, not not this parachute pants wearing dude. <laughs> it looked like you got some uh MC Hammer pants pulled up over his head. <laughs> exactly. Or like, you know, like you would wear like you have like a pair of pajama pants that are like a little maybe like one size too big and you put your arms in uh, the the leg part. Like you, you got the pants on, but you put your arms like you start walking off funny. That's what it kind of looks like. Your arms and your legs both are in the pants. <laughs> you know, like like fucking like high waisted like Urkel shit or something. But anyway. yep. Well, all right. Well, let's move on from that one to another one. Hopefully, we'll get something with a little bit more validity. This is the Van Meter Monster. Okay. Now, say that five times fast. Van Meter Monster, Van Meter Monster, Van Meter Monster, Van Meter Monster, Van Meter Monster. Okay. So, there was only one set of incidences 
when the Van Meter monster was observed in the fall of 1903 in Van Meter, Iowa. Everyone that observed the creature were well respected in the area. <clears throat> Excuse me, well respected in their community. One school teacher, one bank cashier, and the other a town doctor. None were drinkers. All were well known in town, and not people who would want to keep, or not one who would want that the kind of notoriety that admitting to seeing such a creature would bring. The first time the creature was ever observed. It was flying above the building in the town of Van Meter. Witnesses claimed it resembled a combination of a man and a bat with very large bat-like wings and a horn on its head that it could shoot out a beam of light from. Witnesses also claimed that the creature had a sour smell. The final sighting of the bat-like creature was when several of the townsmen followed the creature to the old mine where it went inside. It came out sometime later with a smaller version of itself and flew away. The Van Meter monster was never seen again after this final sight. Huh. So I'm looking at the picture um, that it's provided for us. And This is a drawing. It looks like a... Yeah, it could be a drawing. It could be an old picture from like the... 1900s or whatever but it kind of looks like more of like a gargoyle in the sense you know but i mean you can't really tell what it is from from the distance yeah you know you can tell it's like a winged like creature but you can't really tell you know i i definitely get like gargoyle-esque from it uh uh but when you were reading the blurb and they started talking about the, the horn on its head that could shoot a light beam. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, bro, this thing literally literally shooting lasers at people. I know, right? Like, how has this thing not taken over the world by now? Oh, right. I do find it interesting, though, where it said that it went into a cave and it came out sometime later with a smaller version of itself and flew away. Like, not only that, it flew away, but was never seen again? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it mutated into something else. To the goat man. He's having babies in there. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one then. Uh, you got it, Raj? Or is it Chip? It's me. It's Raj. So the next one. Uh, the Slide Rock Bolter. Okay. Uh. So, the mountains of Colorado have a strange cryptic called the Slide Rock Bolter. The creature is the size of a blue whale and has a mouth full of very sharp teeth. Its eyes are small and it uses its back fin, which has a type of hook to hold onto the mountain. It is said that it secretes a type of location from its mouth that allows it to slide down the mountain and scoop up prey, including humans, in its mouth. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> The momentum that it receives from hanging on steep slopes and its lubrication pushes it up another mountain where it can grab on until the next spray shows up. It is believed that the slide rock bolter can only live on mountains that have a 45 degree angle, otherwise they wouldn't be able to make the slide that gets them their food. Okay. This cryptid was first seen by lumberjacks in the 19th century, and while there have been witnesses to huge swaths of flattened vegetation and destroyed trees indicated its possible existence in the 20th and 21st century, it is unknown if anyone in the 21st century has actually seen one. This may be because the creature is so large the chance of a human getting away from it in time may be the reason no one has seen one in modern times. That makes no sense. So, so we're putting... So you're telling me something that's the size of a blue whale in a forest has not been seen? Like you know how yeah. big a fucking blue whale is? Like what the fuck? Like yeah, they're huge. But it only lives on mountains that have a forty-five degree angle. You there? I mean, I don't know many mountains oh. that are forty-five degrees. Yeah. Oh. 
I don't mean mountains that are 45 degrees exactly. Not only that, it spews out a lube so it can slide down this mountain to eat things. So, is it, if it's spewing out lube that makes it do that, wouldn't everything in front of it get hit by it and slide down too? You would think you so. You would think so, yes. Um, <laughs> This one literally makes no sense at all. Right. I mean, a blue whale can reach up its maximum length at 98 feet and it can weigh um, anywhere between 196 tons to 219 tons. And it is the largest animal known to exist. Yeah, it, it's, that's why it says it, like huge swaths of flattened vegetation destroy trees. But ain't nobody gonna see this thing? Not to mention it's all the way. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, you're in Colorado, where most of the mountains are covered with snow anyway. But I mean, fuck. Yeah, that, this one, this was a, oh, this was a no for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to see if I could find, <laughs> uh, like Something a list. Well, just a list of mountains that had 45 degree angles. But, but I, I'm not even finding like a, a list of mountains, except for the the Pueblo Mountains. It says that it's tilted at a 45 degree angle, uh, and those are lists. Those are in partially in southern Oregon and northwest Nevada. I guess that would make sense what lumberjacks. Well, yeah. So it's close to Colorado. Possibly. I don't know. Okay. Uh. Okay. I'm just confused. Yeah. Yeah. We're all confused. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, next up, we're going to talk out uh, talk about the Altamahaha. Oh. The what now? Altamahaha. <laughs> Don't be laughing at the Altima. <laughs> so the Altamahaha has been seen in the Altamaha River near Darien, Georgia, since before the coming of white settlers. The Damn lower, colonist. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the lower Muskegee... <laughs> I got him. I got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> He's done for already. Keep reading. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the <laughs> so the lower uh, Muskegee Creek tribe was the first to tell stories about the Altamaha. Uh, the cryptid is said to have a body similar to a sturgeon with a bony ridge on top. It has front flippers, but does not have any back flippers. Its snout resembles a crocodile with large teeth and eyes. Eyewitnesses claim the creature is anywhere between 20 and 30 feet long, though smaller versions have been sighted. The first sighting by someone who was not one of the indigenous peoples was on April 18, 1830. A reporter from the Savannah, Georgia newspaper claimed there were multiple sightings of a sea monster made by several men on a schooner called Eagle. Uh, the main sighting was by Captain Delano, but several other men on the schooner also witnessed the creature. More recently, a carcass washed up on Georgia's southern coast at Wolf Island National Wildlife Refuge in early 2018 that resembled a smaller version of the Altamaha. Jeff Warren's son discovered the carcass while he and his father were visiting. Mr. Warren took video of it and the video has been called a hoax or a misidentification of a frilled shark or other type of deep sea shark. While several scientists claim it was a deep water shark and others claimed it was a hoax, it's interesting that the creature so much resembles accounts of the Altamaha. 
I think it's weird that the picture they show for this is the Loch Ness monster with a turtle at the end of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have a crocodile's face. It literally looks like just a turtle. It looks, with like, a, a, it looks like a damn snapping turtle. Yeah. <laughs> like a snapping turtle with like a smoothed out like beak or something. Not even really like a pointed beak like it normally would have. Yeah, Onessi, Onessi crossbred with a, a snapping turtle. Uh, now, aside from the picture, this one I could see being uh, valid <clears throat> because we don't know what's all in the water. We really don't. Yeah, but that river can't be that deep and big. Well, I mean, will you be surprised yeah. how? deep and big certain rivers can be you know i mean i understand that but i mean it's like one of those like like those people that always go to Loch Ness where they drop this like sonar camera reader thing and like it only goes like a certain amount of feet and like okay so y'all tell me y'all don't have some marines to go on this thing right um so the altamaha river says that it is uh, 137 miles long, and doesn't say how deep it is. Yeah, it just says that it's a 137 miles long, and 14,000 square miles is the basin size. Right. Huh. It's I mean... the. It's the third largest contributor of fresh water to the Atlantic Ocean from North America, including its longest tributary, the Ocmulgee. O c m u l g e e. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, but it doesn't. I just want to know how deep it is. I mean, the water ones are always hard to say yes or no on because, I mean, water is deep and is we explore ocean less we do less than we do space nowadays. So right, yeah, isn't isn't it like we've only discovered like five percent of the oceans, or we only discovered like five percent of the ocean, or something like that? Well, the issue is that somehow it can go from having high atmospheric pressure to no atmospheric pressure. But going into the ocean is more pressure, which we can't figure out a way to, like, subsidize it, I guess. Yeah. Or well, I mean, people, yeah, right. yeah, well, people have tried to, like, send, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, vessels down to the Mariana Trench, <clears throat> which is the deepest point in the ocean. That we know of. That we know of, that yeah, it's different that, that, that we, we know, know of, of. right. Um, you know, but getting something down there, people, like... Like a molecule of water, like I, I can't like every square inch of water is like a cubic ounce or something like that. I can't, I can't exactly remember. Like, or every cubic centimeter, I'm sorry, is it weighs an ounce. Um, so all that pressure being mounted on, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not only that, you're thinking about it, you're getting closer to the core, so there's gonna be a more of a magnetic push, so the force of gravity pulling you towards it, it's gonna be more pressure too, right? And then trying to get out. Um, of that, you know, is very would be would be very very difficult. Um. So yeah. Uh, so I did find this. Um. <clears throat> in uh, 2018, decomposing remains were found on a beach in the Wolf Island National Wildlife Refuge, causing speculation that it may be the body of an Altamaha. However. Performance hardest Zardula, uh, hmm. known as Zardula the Mythmaker uh, from New York City, later claimed responsibility for the remains, which he says he created out of a stuffed shark and paper mache. Uh, which also doesn't make sense if scientists looked at it and said, oh, it's just a deep sea shark so yeah that doesn't make sense no. they're they're uh 
there puts a little more mystery upon this one right you know you you got a yeah. guy claiming that he created it but you have uh scientists that say oh no 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 like we looked at it and it's just a, a deep sea shark yep so yeah all right well uh let's let's move on to the to the next one. yes we will and this next one is called we talked about the goat man now we're going to talk about the frog man so Loveland, Ohio is one of the most interest has one of the most interesting cryptids in my opinion, or this article's opinion. The first story of the Frogman or Frogmen rather began in the 1950s when a businessman claimed to have seen multiple large bi uh, bipedal yeah bipedal bi frogs yeah. along yes, the Little Miami River. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first official sighting of the Frogman took place in 1972 and was witnessed by two policemen on two separate occasions. Officer Ray Shockey first saw the creature on March 3, 1972 at 1 a.m. Officer Shockey was driving to Loveland, Ohio when he saw what he thought was a dog in the field next to the road. However, when he stood up, its eyes were illuminated by the car lights. And he could see what appeared to be a giant bipedal frog. The cryptid jumped over the, the guardrail and slid down the hill into Little Miami River. The officer got such a good look at the creature, he was able to describe it well enough to his sister who could draw it for him. Officer Shockey went back to the station and brought another officer, Mark Matthews, to the scene the same night. The only evidence they found was the skid marks on the embankment where the creature slid down to the river. A few weeks later, on March 17, 1972, Officer Matthews had his own experience with the frogman. He was driving and saw what he thought was an animal in the middle of the road. He stopped his car, got out, and the creature stood up, crouched in the middle of the road, and then stood up and climbed over the guardrail while keeping his eyes on Officer Matthews the whole entire time. For some reason, Officer Matthews decided to draw his gun and shoot at the cryptid, but he missed. The most recent eyewitness account occurred in 2016 when a man named Sam Jacobs, it was amidst August, it was mid-August, and he was playing Pokemon Go when he, <laughs> when he saw a very large frog near Lake Isabella. He claimed it stood up and walked away on its hind legs. He estimated the creature was about four foot tall. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Huh. Okay. Um, so, like, my thing is, everybody's like, oh, it was crouching down and it got up and walked away. Why wasn't it up to begin with? Walking, obviously, wouldn't be the faster method for this thing to move and be hopping, obviously, if it's actual frog. Right. Uh, and then they, they're they like, for some reason, Officer Matthews decided to draw his gun and shoot. Well, I mean, any normal, reasonable person who is out in the middle of the night and sees what appears to be a giant frog and has a gun, is going to shoot at it. I know yeah, I would. Right. No hesitation. You know, so for them to say some reason, no, he, he had all the reason in the world. Right. Um, but the fact that he missed, like, really, bro? You missed? <laughs> you're scared. I'd be yeah, scared, too. Shaking. Uh-oh, somebody big mad. But anyway, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is more like one of those spoof kind of things, like a Scooby-Doo villain looking kind of dude. <laughs> right. right. Most definitely. Yeah. Definitely seems very Scooby-Doo-ish. So, um, that being said, I mean, was... even the picture of it reminds me of, reminds me of like one of the villains from Scooby-Doo. Mm -hmm. Creeping up out of the water, yeah. waiting for the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But all right. All right. So, yeah, there's a. They, they actually did a musical in uh, 2014 about the the Loveland Frogman legend titled Hot Damn is the Loveland Frog. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so a well, little more about <laughs> that's that's true. Um, but it, it, on on the Wikipedia page for the Loveland Frogmen, uh, it says that. Um, it actually says that uh, Matthews shot the animal and recovered the body and put it in his trunk to show Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, it was a large iguana about three, three and a half foot long, and he didn't immediately recognize it because it was missing its tail. Uh, Matthews speculated that the iguana had been someone's pet that either got loose or was released when it grew too large. And according to Matthew, Shockey was shown the dead iguana and confirmed it was the animal that he had seen two weeks previously. Matthews recounted the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, but says the author omitted the part that confirmed that the creature was just an iguana rather than an actual frogman. So we can say that this cryptid is debunked. I mean, I would say so from a guy who said that he shot it. Right. Uh, but I do find it uh, kind of interesting that one account says that Officer Matthews missed the shot, but then there's an actual book, and I'd like to know the name of the book and the author that uh, Officer Matthews talked to. Um, to well, we see. know he lying. We know he lying. <laughs> well, trying to get a little bit of that fame on. Yeah, one or the other. So, all right, all right. So we'll we'll call that one debunked, right? All right. So, uh, Rod, you got the next one. <laughs> Yes. The next one is the Pukwudgies. <laughs> the Pukwudgies have been part of Native American lore of the American East for centuries before coming to the Europeans. Those colonizers again. Some Native Americans believe that they used to get along well with humans, but that something happened that turned them against humans. White people. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why is this art like? Why are like all these articles like slowly jabbing at colonization? Uh, I don't know. They most definitely are, though. Uh, I lost my place. There you go. One of the stories from the Wapanago tribe, I think, uh, uh, claims yeah. that they claims that they called on Mosop the giant to remove the Pudwukies from their lands because they were annoying. The Potawatomi's have held a grudge against humans ever since. Most Native American tribes say it's best to give a wide berth to the Potawatomi's if you encounter one. Their name means "person of the wilderness." Uh, it's said that the Potawatomi's have humanoid features with pale gray skin tones, but their fingers, nose, and ears are larger than a human's. According to some sources, Potawatomi's are the oldest cryptid in North America. Uh, different tribes have had different lore regarding the Pukwudgies. The Ojibwe and other tribes around the Great Lakes areas considered them merely mischievous. And while they may well while they might play tricks on people, they were not considered harmful. However, the Abenaki and other Northeastern Native American tribes considered the Pukwudgies to be dangerous to people if they disrespected them. But for the Wampanoag, I forgot how to pronounce their name, and the other tribes in southern New England, the Potawatomi's can go either way. They can be helpful to a human neighbor, or they can steal human children and do acts that cause great harm, such as pushing a human off a cliff. Uh, they are considered to be quite capricious. Uh, so they're just big people, I guess, is what they're supposed to be? Well, the picture that it shows, it looks like a damn porcupine. Yeah, it looks like a, a badger or a porcupine that's like seven foot tall. Right? Right. But the oh, way you described it is just a gray person with long fingers and noses and ears. 
why is the depiction of all these cryptids like giants? I mean, we didn't have a giant with the uh... the Frogman, the Fresno Nightcrawlers. <laughs> But I, swear <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. This one to me is just like uh, all of these are Native American lore, so I mean, it's just stories that's a little bit probably misconstrued and misinterpreted and stuff like that for centuries now. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking, uh, and maybe that's why they're cryptids that we've never heard of because they're not real. Okay, first off, we know that the frogmen are real. He shot one. It was in, in one account. He shot one. <laughs> <laughs> the other account, he missed. So who's to say? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So speaking of iguanas, <laughs> we're going to move on to the next one, and we're going to talk about the lizard man. We had a goat man, we had a frog man, now we got lizard man. Yep. Um, so the first official account of someone seeing the lizard man was in Lee County, South Carolina by 17-year-old Christopher Davies uh, in 1988. Christopher got a flat tire near Scape or Swamp at night and got out to change it. Suddenly, a seven-foot-tall green lizard man with three fingers on each hand and red glowing eyes, stepped out from the swamp. Christopher, terrified, got into his car and attempted to drive away, but the creature jumped on his car and viciously attacked it. Later, it came out that there was an earlier sighting in 1987. A cyclist stopped next to a guardrail near the swamp so he could get a drink and a smoke and said he saw a large humanoid creature across the street from where he was. This was in a this was a year before Christopher had seen his experience. Uh, there have also been sightings of the lizard man as late as 2015. Excuse me, uh, where Jim Wilson, who was driving towards Camden, saw a creature run out of the woods and across the scape or bridge. Mr. Wilson got out of his car and began shooting photos of the creature. He said it was tall and had scales and a tail. He said it looked similar to an alligator, had long legs, and its face had a short nose. The creature saw him and turned towards him before going into the water and crossing the swamp. First of all, time out. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but if I'm driving down the street and I see what looks to be a large alligator walking on two legs, I'm not getting the fuck out of my car. Hell no, you ain't. <laughs> I mean, he was changing his tire, though. No, 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 no. no. This was uh, the Jim Wilson dude. Oh, the, the second dude. Okay. I was yeah. like, the first dude had a flat tire. He didn't have a choice. Yeah, the first dude had a flat I tire. I three-wheeled that motherfucker the, over the bridge. I don't care. But the, <laughs> but the, the, <laughs> the dude in 2015, Jim Wilson, he was literally driving and saw the creature, the lizard man, run out of the woods and across the bridge, and he got out of his car and began taking pictures? Nah, bro. <laughs> I can stay in my car and take pictures. I ain't getting out of shit. Uh, so, uh, the Lizard Man is very popular in Lee County. Robert Howell, a local artist, has become famous for his drawings of the Lizard Man. His drawings have even been made into a local historical Lizard Man exhibit at the South Carolina Cotton Museum. In 2018, they had the first ever Lizard Man Festival and Comic-Con where high-profile cryptozoologists rubbed elbows with artists like Robert Howell and even the likes of Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. Can we go to that? Let's, let's, do, <laughs> let's it. do it. Fuck yeah. Let me figure out when the... Uh, the Lizard Man Festival and Comic Con is it probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I bet it does. I bet it does. That's how they get money there. I mean, what? I mean, what, what else is there to do in fucking Lee County, South Carolina? Visit the Cotton Museum. <laughs> I guess so. 
Which I, I don't even know, I don't even want to know what that is. Like, I was like, oh, that's a little sus. You walk, you, you walk down the hallway. Oh, look, there's cotton. You walk to the next room. Oh, look, more cotton. Walk to the end. Oh, cotton. And then you walk into the uh, the gift shop. Oh, well, look, a whole bunch of shit made out of cotton. This is a fucked up experience, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it actually. Uh, they don't have one set up for this year yet, but they had one in September of last year. During during the pandemic? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, in September, people were starting to open back up in the South. Oh, yeah, that's true. The South don't believe in no COVID. Right? Uh... So yeah, let's uh, let's see if they do one this year. We'll we'll all we'll all pile in. We'll all pile up and then drive looking for a lizard man. Yep. Sounds but I ain't getting out of no car if we see. No, that. I ain't getting out of the car. <laughs> oh, I'm packing. I'm packing heat. <laughs> Forget about being duff. You about to get snuffed. <laughs> oh, you can you can shot both your legs. <laughs> right. Right. All right, <laughs> sorry. So let's uh, let's move on to the next one. This one uh, will be the last one of the night, and it's the Ozark Howler. Very wicked looking picture though that it has. Um, stories have been told in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and Missouri about the Ozark Howler for generations. Some people believe that the Ozark Howler is a combination of myths about saber tooth. Uh, cats from the Native American um, from Native Americans and the Ku Sith from the uh, uh, Celtic uh, myths of the Irish, Scottish, Welsh and even English settlers who settled the surrounding areas in the early 1800s. The Ku Sith is a large creature the size of a bull with shaggy hair with that looks somewhat like a wolf. Its fur can be dark green or white. Current depictions of the Ozark Howler vary. Some say it is a large cat-like creature with horns and red glowing eyes. Others say it is a excuse me, others say that it is as large as a bear with long shaggy hair, horns, a beard like a goat, and glowing red eyes. So kind of some similarities, not you know, completely identical, but there you go. There is also some confusion as to whether its tail is long or whether its tail is long or short. The Ozark Howler's howl is said to be very frightening, possibly a cross between an elk's and a wolf's an elk's muggle um, and a wolf's howl. However, other depictions say that the howl is more deep and guttural, or more like a high-pitched howl. So various between the two. While there have been accounts of the Ozark Howler, both um, auditory and visual, since the 1950s, there are stories from families in the region that go back several generations beyond that, even as far back as the early 1800s. In addition, there are some photographs that are not conclusive as to whether or not it is actually the Howler since they look as if they were created by Photoshop. The most recent sightings have occurred in 2005 to 2010, where locals have seen what appears to be an over, overly large cat. However, there is no large cats in the region any longer, according to the local wildlife experts. It is believed that the cat or cats being seen might be just exotic pets that have been raised and released into the wild. So how are you guys feeling about this particular one? Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it kind of looks like a, a werewolf with horns from the picture that they have depicted. Right. I mean, it looks like, um, what do you call them? Beast uh, from X-Men? Sort of is, but no, I'm thinking of, uh, what is it? The tiger from, uh, Jungle Book. Shere Khan? Yeah. In the face? I- I can see that. But then they added horns to it, like goat yeah, horns. Yeah. But I mean, it's uh, supposed to be a Celtic myth, 
So, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a cross between like Native American folklore and then also Celtic myths mixed with the Irish, Welsh, Scottish, and English settlers and their, you know, folklore. Um, Which is kind of weird to think about. That. It is. It is. I mean, it ain't, it ain't like it's like the Chupacabra or the Jersey Devil or something like that. You know, it's like, you know. Yeah, because it, it could be, is it a large cat? Is it a bear? Is it? You know, it's, it sounds a like wolf. an elk, a bull. Does it sound like a elk? Does it sound like a wolf? Is is you know, is it is it high pitched? Is it deep and guttural? This is definitely something I'd expect from like a D and D campaign. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can get that. Right. Yeah. No, but it is very you know so. folk you know which all folklore you know in in a roundabout way, you know, all these old stories, you know, like a lot of the times, especially with a lot of the Native American uh, folklore and cryptids and things of that nature, there's always like an underlining message behind a lot of the stories and stuff. Um, you know, and it might be with the Irish and the Welsh as well. Um, you know, is it telling you like, I mean, cause how is because I mean, we talked about a lot of crazy cryptids, like, but what makes these cryptids any different from like Bigfoot or the Jersey Devil or any of the other cryptids that we are more well known? Because the, these are uh, these are ones you haven't heard of. Well, that, yeah, that obviously. But even if, but but even like, I mean, even if you never heard the story of Bigfoot or you never heard Loch Ness or anything like that. You know, like what makes these stories any less believable than the stories of the Bigfoot and others? You see what I'm saying? Not that I'm arguing the validity. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people would probably look at these like, well, I've never heard of these cryptids. So obviously they they may not be real, you know, but then it's like, oh, well, here, here are some cryptids that we believe are real, which would be Bigfoot, Loch Ness, all them. So what makes is it just the lack of evidence presented to them about the possible cryptid or what What would you say uh well <laughs> I, I, I'm, I mean i'm not trying to did you listen to the no i mean did you listen to the depiction of of these like there was only one that i really could get behind as as being real uh and that was the uh shit uh the uh, Altamaha, uh, but he, <laughs> yeah, but even at that, like, I don't know, uh, like, so they debunked the Frogman for sure, right? Uh, the Puk, the the like they say they say it's a a human, a gray human, but then they depict a picture of what looks to be. Uh, a giant porcupine right or badger you know um the the lizard man like i don't know they made a whole festival out of it so it's like it to me that seems like it's a an old folklore that they're just using to draw money off of but if somebody did a know. bigfoot festival you don't think that would draw money People every, like all these people from walks. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I I get what you're saying, but I mean, Bigfoot. There there are millions of accounts of people that have seen Bigfoot. Like, but there's three people that have seen the Lizard Man. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Like, I see what you're saying. That's more that's people have the, yeah. the the validity the validity of the sightings come into question. Right. I remember, I remember um, I was, uh, I think I was listening to uh, Bill Ingvall's comedy special and he was, he talked about how these two college kids bought an old gorilla suit and they stuffed it full of rotten meat. And then they put it, they went on eBay and claimed that they found the body of Bigfoot. They were then contacted by somebody who claimed to be a professional Bigfoot hunter which leads me to think he, this guy's possibly made money at this. And these kids sold this guy the rotted suit, the rotted meat suit, which they claimed to be Bigfoot, and they sold it for 
Well, don't you remember the movie, uh, what was it, Strange Wilderness with Steven Zahn in the early 2000s? Yes. I don't think I remember that one. It's the one where they were looking for Bigfoot or something like, sort of like that. Um, and then they uh, find a cave with actual Bigfoot and then they get scared to death and they shoot him <laughs> and they try to like uh, make it seem like he attacked them and like they had video cameras and everything like that. So it's like a spoof on the Cryptid Hunters, but it's hilarious in a way. But they're like, oh, we found them and then they kill them and then like, oh, oh no. Like, I'd rather have something like that than these people that, like, quote-unquote, find it, but you know, like, like uh, the joke by, uh, what do you call him? Um, oh, John Caparillo, where he says, uh, talks about finding Loch Ness. Yeah. And he's like, uh, coming up on Discovery, finding Loch Ness, and he's like, you sit there for two hours, and you didn't see anything. <laughs> and you're like, oh, maybe he's not here. He's like, you said something scary was coming up, and nothing happened. Right. It's like. Why would you show us something if you haven't found anything new? It's been the same thing for twenty years. Right. The whole yeah. The the, the right. thing with Bigfoot, he was like, "Hey, come back next week. We we won't find shit again." <laughs> exactly. Like, I like I'd rather like I hate these updates on something that may have happened or something was going. Like, no, tell us, show us something that happened. Right. It's like, hey, find we in, we in the woods, we looking for Bigfoot. Uh, we're, we're gonna waste your time for about forty four minutes. <laughs> like fuck out of here man <laughs> but anyway well alright um, ladies and gentlemen I'm sorry that this episode was kind of disappointing uh, I figured we'd be a little bit more uh, oh, wow. Wow. no but I'm saying like I figured like we would be like more not invested but I figured like there would be more validity to a lot of the stories you know from the standpoint that uh, like because I mean, the lizard I do want us to go at least figure out a way that we can get to Lee County, South Carolina and go to this damn lizard man festival. That would be, that would be fun. I think. Lizard man festival sounds like a backwoods bluegrass concert. I don't know. It, it, it does, <laughs> but, but, but it's Comic-Con. So, I mean, and it's a Comic-Con. I mean, you never know. I mean, who knows? I mean, you'd, you'd be weird. You'd be walking in there and it's like, hmm, I'm not seeing anybody I know. It's like, oh, what the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that over there? Is it the cast of Walking Dead? What the fuck are they doing in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina? You know, like, what's well, Comic-Con? They, they, they always show up at Comic-Con. But anyway. Um, but no. Um, that being said, okay. So out of all the ones that we've talked about tonight, and I know this this is going to be difficult. <laughs> is it? I don't know. It might be. Which one did you guys thought was the most interesting? <laughs> what? Do do what? You, you cut out. Son of a bitch. You cut out. <laughs> I hate what, this what, fucking computer. Well, what you was the most out. question? Out of all the ones that we talked about, which one did you find the most interesting? Um, most interesting? I mean, I found them all interesting, even though they were all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably the the Van Meter monster or the Ultima Haha. Why are you making fun of that Ultima, dude? It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Like those are the ones that really well interested me. Like yeah. one somehow went in the cave and then another one came out with it and then you're just gone forever. Like what? And the other one's supposed to be like a Loch Ness monster with a crocodile face. <laughs> right. Goatman, Goatman. <laughs> I th- I th- honestly, I think Goatman's interesting from the standpoint that the Goatman one could lend itself more to like fictional stories that can be created. Like it could be like the influence for something to be created in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's what I was going to say. I've heard about it before because there was an episode of Ghost Adventures where they go to this bridge that's supposed to be uh, haunted by a, cre- a goat creature. And I was like, oh. And then I read this article. I'm like, oh, this is the exact story I heard. And then they got into that mutating bullcrap. I'm like, this isn't as cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. We don't need X-Men bullshit on this episode. <laughs> but anyway. 
We don't want no muties around here. Hey, you can't say muties. Only we can call ourselves muties. <laughs> I call muties what I want. You're a, <laughs> you're a mutist. Yeah. <laughs> so horrible. All right. That being said, Chip, what uh, which one uh, did you did you pinpoint one or was it just like a, just a, oh you just found them all interesting? I mean, I, I did find them all interesting, uh, but like Roger said, the the fan meter monster and the Ultima Haha uh, were probably the two most interesting because the to me the Ultima Haha is the one that could be the the most valid yeah uh and just the fact that the van meter monster flew into a cave came out with a smaller version like a baby of itself and disappeared forever yeah forever like (laughs) like nobody ever seen this bitch again no she got her baby and left nobody it didn't do anything to anybody it just shot a laser beam at his ass and then it was gone (laughs) what what about you uh, I I think the goat man was interesting from the standpoint that uh, you know it could lead to other things. Um, definitely the the Ultima Haha was definitely one that I thought was very interesting because there is a little bit more validity to it. And Lizard Man, just because I think it'd be pretty dope to go to the uh, Lizard Festival just to see all these people walking around looking like Rango and shit. Um, man, I know you want to go see this bluegrass concert on the middle. Of you don't nowhere. even know if it's gonna be bluegrass music. <laughs> Anyway, you want to go to the cart museum? You gonna walk in there with me? No. All right then. <laughs> he said no. All right then. Now, like I said before, why would I want to walk through and look at a building full of cotton? It's like, okay, this is that's where the festival was held. Yeah, I'm sure it's not held inside the museum. I'm sure it's held on like on the fairgrounds or whatever. You think this museum had a fairground? You think they have that kind of money? <laughs> right. I don't know. Why are you trying to make me defend something I don't give a fuck about? <laughs> this place is literally trying to build money off of a li- of a fake lizard creature. <laughs> you think they got money? <laughs> <I'll be kidding. laughs> they got no fairgrounds. They barely got a parking lot. Hey, if you got an open field somewhere, you could have a festival. I'm just saying. So I, I was reading through the comment section. And <laughs> And this dude says, so a big-ass blue whale went down this big-ass mountain. Someone was doing some cheap cocaine-laden Coca-Cola. And how the fuck does a... I mean, they said it was the size of a blue whale, and blue whales are about 92 feet. How the fuck does nobody see that shit? Because... What the fuck? And it just eats everybody that it sees, so nobody's going back to tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's too much, man. All right. That being said, let's get the hell out of here. All right. That being said, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you guys found that it uh, found this episode just as enjoyable as we did. Hopefully, uh, please don't cancel us. That being said, though, uh, anything y'all want to say before we jump out of here tonight? Uh, yeah, uh, don't forget to uh, check out our new subscription-based podcast uh, here, right here, uh, link in the description below. Uh, for $2.99, you literally get all of our bonus content, some of the best content that we're putting out um, second and fourth Saturdays of every month. Uh, you get Battle Topics and <coughs> Rep Rewind uh we do have some plans for some other uh, topics that are going to go on that subscription-based platform. Uh, but like I said, it's it's literally two ninety nine a month. That's less than a cup of coffee from Starbucks. And I know y'all drink some Starbucks because they ain't went out of business yet. Uh, also, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Uh, Roger, anything before we get out here tonight? Um... No. <laughs> 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 no. 
Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> not that I can think off the top. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so a couple quick shout outs, shout out Sean Thompson, Thompson, personal training, $40 a session. You can't beat it. Boxing, cardio, um, strength and conditioning, even yoga. Uh, go check him out over at uh, Thompson personal training on Facebook. Uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the chronic conversation podcast, uh, Andrew and drew Andrew and, uh, Sean over at the, uh, warrior workout network. It's been a long night. Y'all I am exhausted. I am tired. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for, all the love that you guys have given us. And thank you for tuning into this episode. And we'll see you guys back here next week. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to the YouTube channel, click uh, that bell to get notified of our latest videos and subscribe. And also check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan. Loser man.